0: Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Byrd. Today I take you to Miami Beach to meet American writer Kurt Anderson. Kurt and I shared a conversation about his two latest books. Kurt Anderson writes novels. He's also written a lot about America's political culture for The New York Times, The New Yorker, and his own spy magazine. You've quite possibly heard his voice on public radio. He's host and co-creator of Studio 360, a New York-based culture magazine show. While researching and developing his 2012 novel, True Believers, Kurt Anderson started noticing a certain peculiarity in America's DNA, a deep and relentless passion for fiction and fantasy. He explores the complexity of that character trait in Fantasyland, a 500-year history of when America went haywire. Read this book, and you'll understand the United States in the age of the country's 45th president.
1: Hello, America. This is your president, Donald Trump. Americans are not uniquely, but strongly and definingly predisposed to passionately believe in the untrue or the unprovable or the fantastical. And that was really the question I was investigating. So I started writing in 2014 and finished it, really finished the draft in early 2016, before Donald Trump had been nominated for president, before Donald Trump certainly had been elected president. And yet here was Donald Trump embodying most of the themes and arguments and ideas that I was presenting in this book, Fantasyland, it was as though he sort of barged into my book at the last minute and became a kind of poster boy for it. So I personally wish that he hadn't been elected president, but as it turns out, a strange, perverse silver lining for me is that here he is illustrating so much of my arguments.
0: It's an amazing moment that you had to take advantage of for your audience, for the conversation. And what I'm thinking about is the role of creativity in all Mm. this, in building this fantasy land. Mm
1: -hmm. Not everything I talk about is all bad or has always been all bad. Part of what makes America great, truly great, is our capacity for imagination and creativity and, and dreaming the impossible dream. I mean, Disneyland, I write a lot about Disneyland. It is an extraordinary creation. Even many of its effects and influences on the rest of America that I try to trace about how we build shopping centers and retail and gated communities and revitalize downtowns and all the ways in which Disneyland has kind of become a model for how we actually live in real life, it's not all bad. But as part of this ever-increasing American landscape and mindscape, we're increasingly unsure of, well, is that a real thing or is that authentic or not? It can become problematic.
0: And when it comes to politics and cultural movements, there's this freedom that's expressed as part of being an American that also has some inherent dangers because of that tension that goes with it between honesty, integrity, and creativity.
1: Absolutely true. I guess one way of saying it is there is a place for the imaginary and the fantastical— in our arts, in our cinema, in our literature and everywhere else, it's when that bleeds over into policy and how we organize our society and how we actually think about real people and real cities and what is or isn't allowed. Or the simplest way I think about a lot of what I write about in Fantasyland is everything's fine in moderation, but I think it's really true of all these strands of what I call fantasy land. Most of them are not terrible and toxic in moderation, in their place within a culture and society. It's when they get out of control, like a garden that is not tended and just goes nuts.
0: In the process of the creative flow and flowering of so many incredible inventions, technology has brought us so many opportunities and the internet has brought both of us in our fields with radio and podcast and even writing the way to get a message out that we never had before a professional platform that is extraordinary that's but right. at the same time so dangerous that's
1: it i mean it's paradox is a big part of my understanding of the world of life and it certainly is very central to the this history i'm writing of You know, the Internet is this glorious thing. However, it has some downsides. We started to reckon during the last election, for instance, with the fake news, false information being put out systematically into our bloodstream trying to affect our election. That's bad. And as I write about in Fantasyland, even before that, what it enabled, the Internet, are all of these alternate realities with different sets of facts. 30 years ago, even people would disagree about all kinds of things, but everybody agreed about the basic set of facts. And that is an example where what I'm talking about has has really gotten dangerous. You know, if one set of people is living in a place where climate change doesn't exist and isn't caused by people, and the other set of people say, no, it's based on the scientific consensus, no, it exists and it's caused by people, and factories and cars. If we can 't agree on those kinds of basic factual things which we aren 't right now then we're we 're in trouble
0: what you 're describing is an American state of mind, this fantasy yeah. land that you 're exploring for five hundred years is distinctly American that obviously has a global impact
1: well exactly we 're not a little country with our own peculiar sets of beliefs. We are you know the richest, most powerful most consequential country on earth. It's a problem for us within the community of nations, but it is a problem for the rest of the community of nations. Yes, indeed.
0: And in your book, you show these repeating patterns of behavior and willingness to believe and suspend disbelief. The quote that I was really interested in that kept coming up was Mark Twain's, which may or may not be a real quote about how history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes. What do you see as the next rhyme in the story that you're telling, uh, if you add another chapter to this book? Well, what
1: one hopes the next rhyme is not is some rhyme with the Civil War. People are talking about the last few years, and certainly the last year, that we've arrived at some kind of state of cold Civil War. No shooting, no really, I guess, and no bloodletting, no battles, no militarized version of it, but the kinds of deep alternate realities that led to the Civil War, where the South had one understanding of morality and culture and the North had a different one. That's, to me,
0: the great worrisome rhyme of now. You're still doing a lot of writing for publications as well, but the magazine that comes up as related to the other book that you just wrote is your time with Spy Magazine, which had an incredible following as a satiric magazine, a lot about politics and culture. We
1: brought to bear on nonfiction a kind of sensibility and point of view that one didn't find certainly back in 1986 in the daily newspapers. One of our recurring figures, targets, characters, was the young Donald Trump. Spy was a was a New York-based magazine and at the beginning certainly focused mostly on life and characters of New York, not entirely but significantly. And Donald Trump, who was just starting out as a real estate developer and casino operator and all the things he was, you know, sort of God's gift to us. If you're starting a satirical magazine in 1986 based in New York about the power brokers and the famous. You can't wish for better than having a Donald Trump come along. And so I never imagined that 30 years later, I would end up writing an entire work of book-length fiction in the voice of Donald Trump. But here we are. It's in his voice and talking about becoming the president-elect and the president, and not a day-by-day chronology, but a chronology of that time as he cracks up a little and told from his point of view. It was strange writing it because more than once... I wrote some fictional episode or thought or notion he had that then, weeks later, became true. And then I had to decide, well, do I just take this out or amp it up even more, or do I leave it? And I did both. But it was strange to outpace his fiction-like reality but not get too crazy, so it became a cartoon. But, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting several months to be trying to channel the mind of the president, and to do it both, you know, realistically, but amped up enough to work as fiction and satire.
0: And your perfect collaborator in the process was Alec Baldwin. He was,
1: yeah. No, it was his initial germ of an idea, and he came to me and said, should we do this together? And, and I thought about it and decided, sure, let's do. And, uh no he a great collaborator. This book is the 100% true story of how I, Donald J. Trump, from being the most successful businessman in the world to being the most successful president in history. And it's completely honest, totally honest, the inside story of my life in the White House.
0: Alec Baldwin is a New York-based actor who's become President Trump's most frequent impersonator. He appears as the president on American television's Saturday Night Live comedy show. Alec Baldwin is Kurt Anderson's co-writer for Trump's fictional autobiography, You Can't Spell America Without Me. It was delightful
1: when we were just talking and he would just naturally just fall into the Trump voice as he improvised, ad-libbed possible things that could be in the book.
0: And what I read in it, many of the thoughts from Fantasyland become personified in the dialogue, in the plot. I was thinking about the fantasy, the sci-fi references, the war gaming, all of those things. And besides the fantasy and the false religion... There's just so much that connects the two books.
1: So many people have what's going on with America and well, what's this thing with Trump in our minds all the time. At least I had the benefit of getting to sort of think it through and write it through and make something of it rather than just fretting.
0: Um, I can see from the photos, yeah. from the presentation, that it's a P. T. Barnum book. Yeah. It has a future in the real
1: world we'll see Uh, in 3d we we are we are talking and inching along toward adapting it for a one-man show that would be on stage probably in in a Broadway theater in New York for some limited run of 12 weeks or whatever sometime this year that would be Alec playing Donald Trump on stage but basically it would be adapted from the book yeah we're working on that now
0: sounds like fun yeah
1: well I hope
0: keep me posted I shall This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Byrd. Today we share a conversation with writer Kurt Anderson about his two latest books. In Fantasyland, he shares an insightful and entertaining account of America's deep attachment to the imaginary, our tendency to believe fake news, our love for magical thinking, and our inability to tell the difference between illusion and reality. Personal stories intertwine with massive historical research unmask fascinating and disturbing truths about our national character. Fantasyland goes hand in glove with a second book, You Can't Spell America Without Me, the fake autobiography written by Kurt Anderson and his collaborator Alec Baldwin to represent President Donald Trump's memory of his first year in office who doesn't love imagining that these Trump tales will find their way to the stage? Visit FreshArtInternational.com to learn more and hear other conversations about the ideas behind some of today's exceptional books and films. Please tell us how we're doing. Subscribe, rate, and review Fresh Art International on iTunes or anywhere you go to listen. With the support of people like you, We keep exploring the world and sharing the voices of today's culture makers. Until May 5th, the Knight Foundation will double every donation you make. So don't wait. Go to FreshArtInternational.com and click on the red support button. Give what you can. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.